Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. Some people are perfectionists and some are not. I am definitely not a perfectionist when it comes to cleaning my house, but I am a little bit more of a stickler when it comes to grammar. Eugenia Chang is a mathematician who talks with us from time to time about how math intersects with life, and she says she's definitely not a perfectionist. But she admits that she often stays up late at night working on math or playing the piano or baking French macaroons. Chang writes the Everyday Math column in the Wall Street Journal, and she's the scientist-in-residence at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and she argues that even if you're tempted to you know, sacrifice a little bit of sleep to indulge those perfectionist tendencies, you can keep them in check. How? Cheng says, just don't believe in perfection. What is perfection even? I don't think it exists. And so I don't think that we can even strive to achieve it. Or at least that's why I don't, because I don't think that perfection exists. Hmm. So Where is the line? Like, how do you know how hard you should work on something and whether you should pay attention to every comma, which is something I I was worried about? You know, is this little change worth making or is it, you know, it's not worth my time to make it? Oh, absolutely. And when I write slides, I make slides and I move words, point one of a point to the right, because it really makes a difference. (laughs) It does. It does make a difference. It makes a difference to me and how I feel. (laughs) So my mother taught me from when I was very young about the law of diminishing returns. And that really stuck with me. And I recognize that many people don't have a mother who teaches them about the law of diminishing returns when they're about six. But (laughs) I decided that the key is not just the outcome by itself, but it's the ratio of outcome to effort. So if you have to put in a lot of effort, then that makes a difference to whether you should really bother, depending on whether the outcome makes a really huge difference or not. So Mm. if the amount of effort is small, then sure. And if you get a really huge payoff for the amount of effort you're making, but at a certain point, that payoff starts getting less relative to the amount of effort that you have to make. And so the best place to stop is once you've started getting those diminishing returns. And some Sometimes it's not even just that the ratio gets smaller, it starts being negative. So one example from the kitchen is when you're making puff pastry, you fold over the pastry to make more layers of pastry. And the more layers you get, you roll them out and they're really thin and they get thinner and thinner, which makes them more delicate and more delicious. But there are diminishing returns because if you do it too many times, then Mm -hmm. you overwork the pastry and it'll become tough and it won't rise and the layers will start breaking. And that's why, if you look in most recipe books, it says to do it six times because someone has figured out (laughs) that that is when the law of diminishing returns kicks in. So then the other side of that is uh, having a minimum standard. How do you know where you're going to say, but I do want to do it six times. You know, I don't want to fold this puff pastry five times because it's not good enough in my view. Or I do want to add that comma or I do want to move that, you know, word 0.1% on the slide. (laughs) How do you know? That is where I sometimes get into trouble because I do have quite high minimum standards that are acceptable to me. And so I have to at least keep going until I've reached that minimum standard. And then once I get there, 
I will often be satisfied much earlier than a perfectionist would because I reckon I have met that minimum standard. And this is definitely true when I'm doing something like writing a first draft of an article or a book. Then I allow myself very low minimum standards just to get it done. And so I don't I don't get writer's block the first time round because I'm not trying to aim for perfection. I'm just aiming to get something down. And I do this in research with a colleague of mine as well. We often say to ourselves, we're just going to do something, anything, <laughs> doesn't matter. And once we've released ourselves from that minimum standard for the first time through, then that just sets ourselves free. It's when in the final stages where the diminishing returns can be really tricky. And then some people keep working all the way until the deadline because they think that will give us the best outcome. But I think things like stress and pressure start mounting up. And then there's that thing where when you go through an article and correct typos, you're kind of doomed to insert some as well. And at a certain point, are you inserting more typos than you're correcting? (laughs) That can happen. I'll tell you what really works against you in that idea, which I think is a really good one of not worrying about the first draft and just saying, like, I'm just going to get my ideas down and not worry about the little things. Things like spell check and grammar check, which I have to remember to turn off, but I don't do. But it's very annoying to see these like red underlines and I want to go and address them. Mm hmm. I always turn those off because I can't stand them. And also I I quite often type with my eyes closed, which helps because otherwise I will just keep (laughs) doing a running commentary on what I'm typing. I'm going to start doing that and just see, we'll see what my colleagues think of what I produce. Just start (laughs) typing with my eyes closed and see what comes out. Um, When you give other people advice for thinking about perfectionism, what do you say to them? Well, sometimes I actually really like passing on the advice of my nephew, who is now eight years old. And when he was seven, he made a little motivational video for his little brother who was going into kindergarten. And he said this amazingly wise thing. He said that if you do the wrong thing, then don't worry about trying to be perfect. He said, as long as you have fun and do your best, then you did perfect. And I often think about that. And I think about that a lot in the music salon that I run in downtown Chicago called the Liederstube, where we present classical music in a much more informal and spontaneous setting than it usually is. So the Mm. aim is to to break down barriers around it so that people can enjoy classical music Mm. informally. But it's also to help musicians free themselves of that awful pressure of being on stage and trying to be perfect. And so we have a really fantastic ratio of outcome to effort because Hmm. we make practically no effort whatsoever. (laughs) We don't rehearse, we don't prepare, and we make sure everybody has had plenty to, you know, imbibe so that everyone is suitably relaxed. And then we just play things spontaneously. And we so we've completely released ourselves. But the outcome, it's not perfect in the sense of playing all the right notes. It's not perfect in the sense of being correct all the time. But in a way, it's perfect because we tried our best and we had fun. And we've shared music with people. And we have released ourselves from that pressure of being under the spotlight. We're sharing music, we're enjoying ourselves. And the outcome to effort ratio is really excellent. Right. I love that. Eugenia Chang is the author of Beyond Infinity, and she's a columnist for The Wall Street Journal. Eugenia, thanks so much. Thank you. On our website, we've got another conversation with Eugenia Chang about averages. 
when should you use means versus medians. That's all at innovationhub.org.